Hello. <laughs> We're pirates today. Are we? We are. Uh, I don't think so. You don't want to be a pirate? Uh, I I did want to be a pirate after I watched Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time, but oh, not so much anymore. No. Oh, okay. Well, to be fair to myself, I just finished like um, Jacksepticeye playthrough of Uncharted 4, which is all about pirates and stuff. So pirates are like really heavy on my mind right now. I see. Yeah. And now I just want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean again. So that's where I'm at. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a little pirate fantasy. A little pirate action. Yeah. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm tired. Um, working a lot after I got promoted. Now I get like closer to 30 hours every week. Like you weren't already working that. Yeah, like I wasn't already. But now <laughs> I'm like, my days are longer. Mm-hmm. So I'll go in at like 10.30 and I get off at like 4.30 or I go in at like 1.30 and I get off at like 7.30, closer to 8. So, yeah. But longer days, but less total days working. No, I'm still working like six days a week. Oh, well, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch that. All right. So we missed last week. We did. We took a break. We took a um, bye week. We did take a bye week because nothing in our schedules were lining up. There was a lot of chaos happening. Not like story worthy, but like just a lot of general life chaos with like COVID and lockdowns and schedule changes and this and that. Um, so we decided to take the week off because there just wasn't the time to properly like line up our schedules so we could record properly and also because of all that neither of us were really truly paying attention to what was happening uh in the league yeah we were we thought we're just gonna take a break uh and then all the things happened so (laughs) everything happened trade deadline yeah importantly happened um so now we have a lot to catch up on and let's start it off with our favorite time of the week. Arizona Watch. Arizona Watch. Ba-dum. So in the Discover Central Division, we have Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Nashville. Carolina. Yeah, top of the division. Wow, look at them. Uh, in the Mass Mutual East Division, Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Isles and Washington continue to like kind of flip flop back and forth, eh? Yeah. Uh, the Scotia North Division: Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal. Hanging in there. Montreal's finding their footing again, apparently. I don't fucking know. Great. And in the Honda West Division: Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, St. Louis. <laughs> no. Your Arizona Coyotes were in a playoff spot. If we had recorded last week, they would have been in a playoff spot for Arizona Watch. They are not. They are one point behind St. Louis. Oh, they can do it. So there's still a little bit of time. They can do it. However, St. Louis has two games in hand on them. So St. Louis needs to lose like a lot of games. I believe in Arizona. I believe in St. Louis losing. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, 
What was it? It was um something that the Habs posted yesterday, or maybe it was like the NHL posted because the Habs won last night. Uh, specifically about Jake Allen. And if you you go through, I went to the quote tweets, and all the quote tweets were just St. Louis fans being like, "We miss you, Jake. We miss you, Allen. Come back to us." Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, y'all gave away the wrong goalie. <laughs> the complete wrong goal. Holy, you gave away Allen and you're like, nah, it's okay because Bennington's fine. Is he though? No, I don't think so. so. (laughs) But yeah, it's now all of the Blues fans know what I felt like when we gave away Marco. I know. Should have kept him. Should have kept Marco, dude. We are dying on this hill. (sighs) Should have kept Marco. Should have kept Thompson. That's my beliefs. I uh, just, last season's trade deadline. Should have kept those two. Just break yeah. my heart. Why don't you? It's okay. He'll come back. Marco will come back to me eventually. He will come back. I believe it. He wants to come back. I believe it in my soul that he wants to return. Marco, come back. You can blame it all on Bergie. You can blame it all on MB. Yeah, I know. I want to say MB, but it was weird. Why'd you leave me? Why'd you leave me? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I loved you from day one, Marco. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the league, however, we weren't, but we are now. Um, The Canucks situation has gotten messy. It's getting worse and worse, like, every day. Yeah. I think. So... At one point, like the almost the entire roster was out with COVID. I think there was only like maybe four, four or five players who never contracted it, which is great. But now we're hearing like players like their spouses have it, their kids have it, uh, and that's just the players. We don't even know what's happening with the general staff as well. Yeah. Um, Players have since started to come off of protocol. There's now only like seven players on the list or something. Uh, But those players are still pretty sick. However, the league is doing literally all it can to make sure that they finish the games that they have left in the season. Which is so dumb. It's, It's a little inhumane to me. It's so if you ask me. it's cruel. It's cruel. The players don't want to finish the season. No, they don't. JT Miller was quoted as basically saying, We do not want to finish this season. Yeah. Thank you very much. JT Miller, I believe, was one of the few that wasn't affected. Um, but he said, I'm not ready. The other, like my teammates aren't ready. The organization isn't ready. No one is ready to play. And he pre he pretty much said it like it's pretty messed up that they're making us play. Fucking buttman, dude. Yeah. Players don't want to play. The fans don't want them to play. Everyone wants their season to just end. Let them rest. It's not like they're in playoff contention right now. No, they're not. They haven't been in playoff contention for a while. Like since the midway season point, they were like out of the playoffs. Their season was over. Yeah. You know, so and, and it's just like, uh, yeah, it's unnecessary, first of all. Yeah. 
Um, it's clearly just for money, for like league stuff. They're trying to get everything they can out of the Canucks. I don't know if it's like for the revenue that the Canucks bring in or if it's like ad revenue that they have to deliver on, but it's like just end it because what I'm really concerned about is like as the players come off the list, they're like, okay, get back into training so you can play again. Right. And it's like, we've been, this is over a year now that we've been in this. Um, we still don't know if any players have like lingering long-term symptoms coming out of this. Yeah. Because uh, they're being forced to play immediately after they come off the list. So they're yeah. probably brushing it off as, Oh, okay. Maybe it's just kind of like the after effects. Yeah. Oh, this won't last forever. It we might. don't know if any of these players, especially with the variant that they caught are going to be long haulers. Exactly. And there's probably a lot of them who are going to be long haulers. Because just because they have a better, you know, cardiovascular system than your average person does not mean that they're not going to have cardiovascular like Issues. perfection coming out of exactly having COVID. Not to mention in the sport that they played already exacerbates the cardiovascular system more than like an average person would go through in a day. So it has to be kind of in as top shape as they can let it like get it to be and then COVID is known for kind of ruining that so like how do you know that they are ready to return to play just because they're not um contagious anymore or just because they can walk around (laughs) or because they can skate and they don't get like super winded yeah because their cardiovascular system is already better than the average person you can't use an average person as a baseline to measure the effects of a professional athlete of like a top athlete. No, you can't. So that like that, that's what we're saying here. Shut down the season. So then when next season comes, you can fairly assess these players individually to see if they're still suffering from long-term effects of COVID. Cause like bringing them back in the seconds that they have a negative test and they're not contagious anymore like that, that that is not enough time to see if they've like really truly been affected long term from this, especially since they had the Brazil variant, which is awful. Yeah, I I know it was either T.J. Miller or Adler, I believe, who Adler um came out that his youngest daughter tested positive for COVID, so he had to go quarantine in the basement with her. Um, but I believe he mentioned that some guys had lung issues. Yeah. Because of this. And the league wants them to play. They've got lung issues. Like, that's not okay. I don't know. You kind of have to breathe when you play hockey. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I do believe breathing is a necessity to play hockey. Well, in life, generally, but in hockey, for sure. (laughs) You got to be able to breathe when you're sprinting up and down the ice. Yeah. I just... It's It's literally not worth them playing it really isn't because like they're not even in playoff contention no they're so far from playoff contention they're like 12 points behind montreal yeah it's not happening and it was clear that it wasn't gonna happen yeah so no so i mean figure it out points percentage sucks but like if you gotta right or figure it out where the teams who because montreal's done 
fit, finish playing all their games against the Canucks. But like, I don't know, the teams who haven't played them, maybe they play each other to make up those lost games. Maybe you figure it out between the teams who are in playoff contention to figure out seeding or something like that. I don't know, but don't make them play. Yeah, they shouldn't play. They should not be playing. It's cruel. And like, I don't, uh, I don't think that's an exaggeration to call it that. No, it's definitely not an exaggeration to call it. That's not hyperbole. It is cruel. Yeah, it's very cruel. I mean, especially because now these players are still human beings. And that's a big thing that I think that people, especially the league, likes to forget is that these players are still human beings. Yes, they are contractually obligated to play this sport. Or yes, they, you know, agreed to become professional hockey players they literally had to sign a piece of paper that said yeah you know what you can pay me money to play hockey yeah but they still have lives they're still entitled to human decency and the protections that you can afford human beings to make sure that their health or their livelihood is not impacted because what happens if one of these players is a long hauler Mm-hmm. Now they can't play. Their livelihood is impacted because not all of these guys went to college. They don't all have fallback careers. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, you know, there's also like, there's also the debate of like, if it's, if it's a star player versus like, if it's a fourth liner, right? If it's a fourth liner, they won't care. They're all still human. They'll beings, just, though? they'll just like terminate his contract and let this guy who has like a, what? 900k salary or something like that just go and like what now for for him and his family yeah like these are still people who still have to provide for themselves and their families i mean Mm -hmm. you think like yeah maybe like a single guy can like go to europe or whatever like a fourth liner can go to europe and like be pretty good and like sm liga but it shouldn't matter. That shouldn't be the conversation that's being had because they are all still human beings who are still facing the threat of having long-term impact on their lives from a virus they could have been protected from in the first place. Yeah. It's just really messy. It's really sad. I feel really, really bad for all the Connect players. I feel bad for the entire organization. Um... Yeah, I feel, bad. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the families of all the players and staff who are also affected by this now. And I, I really bad for like the European players. Yeah, whose entire families are like in Europe still. Yeah, and they can't go home. Yeah, really bad for them on a human level. Yeah, it's it's really messy, and it's really gross, and it's like just shut them down, shut them down, let the European you're let the European players go home. Let the let your players rest. Figure it out next season. But f- like, why are we trying to force? And every time, because they keep like they keep figuring out ways to do it, and then they keep having to reschedule. It's like, oh, we had a setback. Someone's still sick. Yeah, obviously. Like, did <laughs> shut them down. Yeah. The the season ends in May. We're already halfway there. The season's almost over. Most of, of the other teams all have like 40-something games played. Vancouver's sitting at like 37 or something like that. And yeah. Like, there's no 
point. There's no, no there isn't. point because after, you know, everybody's fine and everybody's cleared and it's okay to return to play for them. The season's going to be over. We've over. already extended the season because of COVID. You know what? I would even argue, like, just, like, let the rest of the teams in the North Division have incomplete seasons. Uh, the standings aren't really going to change from this point on. It's going to be between the four teams that are in currently in playoff spots anyway. Yeah, I just mm, I hate it. It's so dumb. Yeah, I really feel for all the all the Canucks players and, and staff right now. Yeah. It's really frustrating to watch. It's so frustrating. Like like the gross negligence. Yeah, and of, I know of human life. We've called it that before, but it's like this really like encompasses like it's been like three weeks or some shit since the first positive test came out of Vancouver and No, no one's ready yet. Yeah, it's just escalating. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, it's like, okay, and then what are you going to do? You're going to bring in a bunch of AHL call-ups who also all had COVID? From Okay, we have to remember that your AHL team is in New York. Yeah. It's in New York. Utica did not go north of the border like Stockton did for this season. No. So that's cross-border travel. That's also cross-border travel of, again, a team. That all also had COVID. <laughs> so now you've got to quarantine the entire AHL team for them to be able to, what, finish this team's season. It's finish. an AHL team. They're not going to win games for this team. No. Also, they have for, to finish their season. They have to finish their season. And then what are they going to do? They're going to save the Canucks season that's already done. It was Stop done happening. mid-season. Everyone knew in, like, March that the Canucks weren't making the playoffs. So you're going to bring in this, like, AHL team that has to finish their own season, who also had, uh, like, half their team got COVID, to bring them up to finish this season of the Canucks of a team who's, like, done. They are done. Even the ones who can play, they won't be able to play very well. Yeah. Um, they won't have the energy for it at all. Can assure you that much. They, they won't have the energy. They won't have the like. They would definitely not have been able to eat enough or work out enough to get back into top shape to jump back into like a pro level hockey season. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, athletes are not like pawns for your entertainment. Okay, it, it like sports as an entertainment medium is not the same as watching a movie or a TV show or a video game. Like these are human lives that we are dealing with. You have to have the humanity in there somewhere. Yeah. <sighs> so it's really frustrating. And like, you know, we can only hope that they do the right thing, but this is the NHL and they never do the right thing. So. <laughs> I'm just happy that Montreal finished all their games against Vancouver. So best of the worst case scenario is that all these makeup games will afford the Habs like a week and a half rest before the playoffs. Yes. Uh, PK oh, Subban scored a goal. Oh my God. He did. Yeah. Just now. Yep. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Cole Caulfield won the Hobie Baker. Yeah, obviously. That happened while we were not recording. Was there ever any doubt, which is my catchphrase when it comes to Cole Caulfield, apparently. <laughs> um, I just want to say a massive RIP to the Leafs fans who thought they were doing something by voting for that West Point plug. Instead of voting for their own guy. Their own fucking prospect. Who was, like, better than whoever they chose to jump on. <laughs> anyway. Um, speaking of the Devils, though, uh, <laughs> Palmieri and Zajac had to shave. That was so funny. Okay, I don't know what, like, Lou Lamorello has against, like, facial hair. <laughs> I'm telling you, he yeah. thinks he's Alexander the Great. He definitely isn't. Um, he has this weird... Anyway, so Lou Lamorello, the GM, I believe, uh, has this, like, vendetta against facial hair. Uh, so anyone who joins the Islanders, which Palmieri and Zajac were traded to... They had to shave their big, beautiful beards. <laughs> and they look like two different people. <laughs> so different. Especially because you just get so used to seeing them with their beards. Exactly. Because they're players who just kind of have beards. They don't have, like, yeah. playoff beards. They just are no, they, beardy people. Yeah, they're like they're like Anderson. They're like Sherratt. They always have facial hair going. Yeah. They're like Weber. Uh, Weber shaves sometimes. Um, yeah, but not very often. Not very often. He only shaves at, like, the start of the season and then just let it grows out so it's like it was really weird seeing them without it um i don't know what this guy has against facial hair (laughs) or or i don't know like the the, like control issues that this guy has but it's weird but it was funny (laughs) it was funny to see their their pictures wouldn't it be hilarious if like joe thornton got traded to the islanders yeah or brent like like brent burns yeah or uh, Jordy Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody you've like never seen without a beard. Yeah. That would be interesting. It'd be I hilarious. That would be really funny. <sighs> um, that was pre-deadline though. That was pre-deadline. However, deadline has come and gone now. Yes. And it was kind of boring. It was boring. It was boring. It was super boring. I'm not going to lie. I was also like super nervous. Yeah, well, Dee was nervous as she always is, but I told her deadline day. (laughs) I told her it was fine, and I was right. So, (laughs) I just get so scared because you know Terry Lekkinen has so much like trade value. He does, yeah. Like I just didn't want him to get moved. I just want him to be on my team forever, and he is currently. Yeah. Listen, last deadline day. Last trade deadline trading Nate Thompson like just broke me so <laughs> I like prepared always but um it was boring the most notable trades first of all Toronto uh got everyone I don't know how they managed <laughs> how how because they don't have cap like what are they doing like LTIR like I don't understand what kind of fucking magic loophole they have found for the LTIR that it clears up so much fucking cap space they're cheating the system like crazy they also like finagled um salary retention out of every single like team that they that they traded for uh I, I believe every person that they traded for, they've managed to get only 
to, they've managed to get 75% of that player's salary retained. So they only play to pay 25% on top of their, on top of their like cap cheat, like LTIR cap cheating loophole. Um, I don't get like, what is this dweeb doing? Like, I don't understand. The most notable trades or I shouldn't even say trades acquisitions that they made. Nick Foligno, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, David Riddich, the goalie of um, the Calgary Flames, and Riley Nash, who was a forward in uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. Uh, also with like a few other people and some picks. I don't know how they did it, but they almost put together like an entirely new like starting lineup. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, Maple yeah. Leafs. Why is the rest of the league helping the fucking Maple Leafs? Yeah. San Jose Sharks is like, oh, you got Thornton on your team? Let's just help you win the cup. <laughs> Dude, I know. San Jose was like. San Jose had their hand in almost every single they trade. Were like, I don't the know what they did. Harbinger of chaos. <laughs> this trade deadline. They were they like, were. <laughs> you get picks. Some picks for you. Here's some. Oh, yes. Make sure that happens. They were like Like, a dance mom, like backstage. They're like, like, I'll take your pick if you let me pay this player, like 50% of this player's salary who will never play for us. They're paying for like two or three players that have not come, that are not going to the San Jose Sharks. I know. I don't, I don't understand. understand. I truly <laughs> do not understand why they are paying other teams' salaries. For players who will not step foot on San Jose ice unless they go visit them. Like, <laughs> I do not get it. They're, they're, paying, they're paying salary for players who will never play for them so they could get picks from other teams. And the picks that they got... No, I don't believe any of them were higher than the fourth round. So I don't understand what San Jose is doing in there, but they had their hand on almost every trade I've seen. <laughs> I saw in the trade. It was the weirdest thing. It was like every time a trade would like come up from like an insider, you like scroll through to see like their next tweet. And you're like, oh, how's San Jose involved? Oh, how is San Jose involved? Oh, they're playing. They're paying 75% of this. <laughs> player salary that went to Chicago so they could get two six and a fourth. <laughs> I don't understand what they were doing. But okay. You do you San Jose. I do not get it. Yeah. Um the other one is fucking Detroit fleecing Washington. I don't understand. Fleecing. I mean they fucking sedated Washington. They put them <laughs> in the back of a van, took them to a secondary location, street smart, yeah. and <laughs> robbed them blind. Blind. That was grand larceny at its finest. That's like prosecutable. Yeah. Okay. So for Anthony Mantha, just Anthony Mantha, Detroit received from the Washington Capitals Jacob Brana, Richard Panic, a first round pick of the 2021 draft, and a second round pick of the 2022 draft. All of that for Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha. That's like a that's like a 
That's like a Leon Dreisaitl, like, trade. <laughs> I don't understand. That's like a Patrice Anthony... Bergeron trade. That's not an Anthony Mantha trade. <laughs> Mantha. What? They do know that they're not getting his cup-winning grandfather in the trade, right? Yeah, like... they're getting, like, the grandson. They're getting Anthony Mantha. Who's on, like, Detroit. I uh... mean, granted, Mantha was the best player on Detroit, However, also granted, it's Detroit. <laughs> yes. Anthony and also, will not be the best player on the Washington Capitals. <laughs> but, like, Verona and Ponick are not bad players. Oh, they're great players. Jacob Verona is, a, like, a staple of the Capitals, if you ask me. I you ask me, you really come to me. You do not understand. You come to me, you're like, oh, name four players from the Washington Capitals. I only yeah. know four players on the Washington Capitals. Jacob Brano is one of them. Yeah, you're going to get uh, Ovechkin, Oshi, Oshi, um, Backstrom, Brana, and Brana. <laughs> and maybe Kuznetsov, if you Kuznetsov, can recall yeah. his day. Ev- Evgeny Kuznetsov, yeah. That point in time. Yeah. Like, and like Holtby when he was there. <laughs> Like, if you, if you ask me for, like, a member of the current Washington Capitals not named Ovechkin, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Kovalchuk. Before I remember, he went back to <laughs> Russia. Like, I don't know who was on the Capitals. That's true. I don't know anything about the Capitals aside from Ovechkin, Oshi, and Rana, who is now no longer a member of the Capitals because he was traded for Anthony Mantha. <laughs> What was Washington doing? I don't understand. Was it a cap dump? I think it was a cap dump, honestly. And they were like, you know what? Fucking fine. But guess what? We also don't need a bunch of picks. We also don't need our first and second (laughs) round picks either. I don't get it. That was something. And that that happened like that happened like 10 minutes after the deadline. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of the ones that was like submitted before the deadline ended, but but, like was finalized. Yeah. Oh my so God. everyone was like, oh, it's over. Wow, that was really boring. Bam, massive trade. <laughs> I wonder if Washington kind of realized that their roster is getting a little bit older and they needed to like clear up some cap to sign a whole bunch of ELCs. That's what I'm wondering too. I think um, I think Ovechkin might be retiring very soon. Maybe, yeah. He's got his ring. What does he have left to do? Try and break Gretzky's record? I don't I think, think that's, that's happening. all he has left to do, yeah. I don't think that's happening. Well, so that was good luck in Washington, Anthony. Yeah. And good luck in Detroit. Rana and Panic. Also, the other Fleury brother was traded. (laughs) But not to us. I was actually really upset about that. (laughs) Emily? Okay, picture it. Emily's bedroom. Yeah. Trade deadline 2021. Yeah. A tweet comes across Emily's timeline that says, hearing Hayden Fleury is on the move. Emily perks up. She's looking around. She's like, to Montreal. She gets her hopes so far up. Yeah, even though I tried really hard not to. <laughs> Only for him to be traded to Anaheim. Anaheim. <laughs> Anaheim. The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. What a waste of paper flurry. Anaheim. Kidding. And I don't think he was too happy about no, that. No, he re- actually really wasn't. <laughs> it's actually really sad. They, they, um, I don't know if you saw it, but he had like this pregame interview, or maybe it was like a 
practice interview. I don't know. But they were asking about it. And he was like really upset. <laughs> he was really upset. He wasn't happy about that. And I don't think he was like, and I feel like in his mind, he was like, if I was getting traded, why was it Anaheim? <laughs> Anaheim. Dude. That's not the team for him. And the thing about Hayden Fleury, too, is he's a lot like Kale. Like, they both wear their, like, genuine emotions on their faces. Yeah, they don't you can, like, always tell, like, how they're feeling because it's uh, impossible for them to hide it. They're very smiley brothers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you so can when tell. they're upset, they're upset. And Hayden Fleury was very upset. I don't think he wanted to go to Anaheim. I think his play style suits uh, East Coast hockey a lot better. I don't think the West Coast is, is like suitable for him. Also, you look at Carolina fans, they're really upset that he's gone. Also, I th- I really think he just really liked it in Carolina. Oh, I, I yeah, I know. He loved that team. Yeah, he just really liked it in Carolina. I mean, he does have, like, a very young child. And so, you know, he's got, like, his whole life is in Carolina. Now he's in Anaheim. That's literally the other side of the country. Yeah. He went from the very East Coast to the West Coast of a country he's not even from. Yeah. He's Canadian. He's Canadian, bitch. Also, he belongs on a defensive pairing with his brother. Give me the bouquet, brothers. Get it? Because bouquet, flurry, flower. Okay. I'm very smart. I wanted, I wanted flurry, 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 flurry. Could you imagine, like now that that is forward, and you're playing the Canadians and. All you see coming toward you is two very smiley people who look very similar, <laughs> and they just like sandwich you against the yeah. They like how you. terrifying! That's that scary. Like, Am I seeing double? They're both fast. They're both mobile too. They're good puck movers. Like that is that is the Bash Brothers right there. And you didn't want that. You didn't want that, Virgie. You didn't want the Bouquet Brothers. You didn't want to give the people what they want. We've already been yelling at you to acquire Ryan from Carolina as well. Yeah. Give me the brothers. Montreal brothers. Anyway, I'm really upset about that. And, like, if he had to not go to Montreal, which he should have, I wanted him to go to a better team than Anaheim. Anaheim. Also, in the, uh, the, the, the last, I would say, notable trade in the trade deadline, this season or this year's Hall sweep, sweepstakes. The Hall sweepstakes of 2021. Not to this, be confused with the Hall sweepstakes of 2020. Or the Hall sweepstakes of 2018. Yeah. Or the Hall sweepstakes of 2017. Not to be confused with every other Hall sweepstakes before now. <laughs> this year's Hall sweepstakes winner was Boston. Boston. They also Boston also added a couple other pieces as well. They had some pieces. Their most notable one though was the acquisition of Taylor Hall. Habs legend Mike Riley is now a Boston Bruin. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Which is fine because Mike Riley seemed dead set on making sure Ottawa beat the Habs every time they played. Yeah, that's fine. He can stay away from us as much as possible. However, he's still like 
in the general division <laughs> of Montreal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so when everything goes back to normal, he's going to do his damnedest to help Boston be- beat Montreal, which they don't have a problem doing that anyway. So that's going to be fun. Maybe it'll make him feel better about himself. Maybe. It'd be nice if they could just send him out west or something. So we only see him twice a year. It'd be super nice if they would just send him back down to the AHL. Well, I hear Henderson has some openings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll see how Hall pans out in Boston. Good luck, Boston. Yeah, good luck, Boston. The most interesting part is that Taylor Hall was cheaper than Nick Foligno. Yeah, Taylor Hall was cheaper than Anthony Mantha. Yeah. (laughs) Way cheaper. (laughs) Everyone's cheaper than Anthony Mantha, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, Anthony Mantha is, like, the guy to have this season. I didn't know. My radar was not on Anthony Mantha, but okay. Yeah, I was caught unawares. Thank you I, for enlightening me. I didn't even know Detroit was shopping Anthony Mantha. I didn't know Detroit was a buyer. <laughs> like, apparently. Um, last notable bit of news is um, Jack, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Yes. So, recently, Jack Campbell broke Carey Price's record of... Uh, most consecutive wins since the start of the goalies season because Jack Campbell was injured, I believe, like at the beginning of the league season, right? So since Jack Campbell's first start, he went 11-0-0, which uh, was broke Carey's record by one game. Carey was the record holder of 10-0-0 since the start of his season. Um, so that's great. Good for him. However, the Habs broke that win streak on April 12th on nice. a win against the Leafs. And since yeah. then, Toronto has lost their last three games. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, actually Jack Campbell got yanked last game. Something about like three goals on seven shots and like that. He finished, yeah, his game, he got pulled in like the first period. He had a 0.727 save percentage. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, yikes. But good for you on breaking that record. <laughs> Congratulations, but literally never do it again. You never do it again. Someone, um, so, and you know what? It was only one game. Someone will get to 12 eventually. Um, Speaking of goalies. Yes. Habs legend Dustin Tokarski. Yes. Um, won his first game in the NHL since 2015. December 12th, 2015 was his last win in the NHL. It was with the Montreal Canadiens. So he won his last game, and it was after his father passed away, I do believe. So that was a very emotional win for him on many levels. (laughs) Yes. Congratulations, Dustin. Dustin, you get to join... Um, Buffalo Sabres goalie legend Ukopekalukanen <laughs> in the annals of Buffalo Sabres history. Good job. Out of way. Speaking of the Sabres, also, real quick, Jack Eichel, who has been out for the season, is now officially out for the rest of the season with a herniated disc in his neck, which, um, I, 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 they said upper body injury, but I wasn't expecting that. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like super upper body. That's yeah, like, that's like that's like almost head injury. It's <laughs> almost the top of your body. Yeah. So yeah. that's a much more severe injury than I was expecting. Makes sense why he was out for a long time. It's interesting that now is when they decided to reveal what exactly the injury was, even though he's been out for a month. Um, yeah, I don't know. But rest in peace, Jack Eichel. You're not dead, but your season is. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe his tenor, his tenure on uh, the Sabres might be over too because the Kings are allegedly very interested in him. Yes. So we'll see if where that goes. I were him, I'd get the fuck out of yeah, I feel like I literally don't care what team I go to. <laughs> I'd literally be like Eric Stahl and like wave my fucking I don't want to go to Canada clause and yeah. just be like, get me the fuck out of Buffalo. Get me out of here. If I were him, I'd even be like, you can pay me less money than I'm already making. Just get me out of here. Get know? me the fuck out of here. Uh, and then recently... Uh, Kyle Pozo is now also out for the rest of the season after a successful surgery on a fractured bone in his cheek. So that's how the Buffalo Sabres season is going, despite them actually doing pretty well after they snapped their um, league record tying 18 game losing streak. Still wish they'd have made it 19 for the memes. Just for the memes, you know. Just you one had one job, right? Buffalo, and it yeah, wasn't to win hockey games. They can't even do that right. God, can't even lose correctly. Jeez. Oh, but that's enough of the league because we've got our own team to talk about. Yeah, and we've got the most glorious hair that has ever hockeyed on our team. Carrie Price is now back. <laughs> John Merrill is now a Montreal Canadian, and all it cost us was a fifth in Hayden Verbeek. It's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. You know what? They had to throw in Hayden Verbeek because you've got to like work the, the hair tax in. Yeah, it's the hair tax for sure. Like the However, more. <sighs> Listen, I have, everyone knows I have my stance and it's wrong. And it is the correct stance. It's so wrong. Even it's if the you wrongest guys, stance that has ever stanced. <laughs> you guys are lost in the dark i'm here the in the light mullet the mullet is our path to salvation no it's not yes it is no it's not yes it is no it's not yes, it is okay that will not be <laughs> that will not be the rest of our podcast <laughs> um but it's not and then we also got eric gustafson from the philadelphia flyers who unfortunately does not have a mullet and he that has makes a really he has a wonderful beard his wonderful beard which will not be shaved Yes, um, but he doesn't a, have a mullet. And a very nice smile. So he was cheaper, yes. Because he does not have a mullet. his hair is better. So No, his hair is worse. Obviously, <laughs> the more glorious the hair, the higher the hair tax. No. Um, yes. We acquired him for just a 2022 seventh round pick. So they will be um, finishing up their mandatory seven-day quarantine sometime next week uh i don't think there's an exact timeline as to when they will join the team because the team will be going on a road trip before their quarantine is up so it might be a bit longer than a week before we see them again isn't one of them in edmonton though maybe i think merrill is in edmonton yeah and then we'll just pick him up yeah just on the way 
Yeah. Put him on the plane. It's fine. Yeah, we'll just chill, you know, with him there, and all the players will be like, dude, your mullet is amazing. Help us win hockey games. And Emily's opinion on the matter does not count. So it does count. And I'm no, right. it does not. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Vete <laughs> was put on waivers and he was claimed by Ottawa. Yes. He did not clear waivers. He did not clear waivers. No one thought he would clear waivers. Um, it unfortunately did not help matters on the internet. It did not. But players come and go, man. Yeah. And it's okay to be upset that your favorite is gone. Um, it's not okay to be an asshole on Twitter because your favorite is gone and other people did not like him. No, it's not. Um, so it's okay to be sad about it, but that is the nature of it. And, you know, you have to move on from it at some point. Yes. And that was it for Montreal's trade deadline. Yeah, pretty boring. Pretty boring. Not a lot. Um, They were buyers at the deadline. They were buyers at the deadline. Um, But it was... Oh, God. I can't remember who it was. It might have been LeBron. If it wasn't LeBron, it was someone LeBron-esque. Who said that um, if, like, Hayden Fleury went for what he did, which was, like, like, a prospect in the fourth round then it just shows how like this year the market was very tame and very very shallow and i feel like a lot of that had to do with covid if covid wasn't happening but we were still like like fourth in our division playoff team playoff bound i feel like then we would have seen uh maybe a lot bigger trades happening but COVID did really have a hand in how business was conducted this trade deadline, which is unfortunate. Um, but we did get what we need, which is two puck-moving defensemen. Yes. To replace um, Mete. Mete, yes. Um, which Mete, I don't know, he would have gotten like a, like a seventh maybe. And we all know that Bergevin doesn't really care for sevenths, so... Yeah. But the other thing is, is that we didn't really have to buy too much because we have players returning to the lineup. Armia and Sherratt have both returned to the lineup. Kerry is coming back tonight. Galley doesn't need surgery. Still don't know when he's coming back, though, but he will most likely be ready to play by playoff time. Yeah, so it's not like we really needed to be super hardcore buyers because if all else fails yeah we've got people coming, coming back. back armia came back april 14th played well Sherat returned last night uh april 16th he played well um and carrie was like projected to return last game but then there was a little bit of a setback so now he's coming back tonight i hope he plays well uh, it is against Ottawa. He's like really hot and cold against Ottawa, so we'll see. Hopefully, they realize that, like Carrie's back now. We might as well give him some goal support. Let's hope so, or some defense support. <laughs> Something. Aside from that, there were some games that were played. 
There were a lot of games that were played in these two weeks. <laughs> we had a game on Saturday the 3rd, Monday the 5th, Wednesday the 7th, Thursday the 8th, sun- Saturday the 10th, Monday the 12th, Wednesday the 14th, and Friday the 16th, yesterday. And now today. And now today. On Saturday the 17th. So much. Quick rundown of those. Um, Saturday against Ottawa, loss 6-3. to Monday, Terrible loss. Against Edmonton, overtime win, 3-2. Thank you, Eric Stahl. Wednesday against Toronto, loss, 3-2. Thursday against Winnipeg, it was a loss, 4-2. Saturday against Winnipeg, it was a shutout, 5-0. Terrible. Monday against Toronto, it was a win, 4-2. Wednesday against Calgary, loss, 4-1. Friday against Calgary, win, 2-1, courtesy of... Tyler Toffoli. My best friend, Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> um, notably, in that Wednesday game against Calgary, one goal was scored for the Habs, and it was scored by Brett Kulak, the angry Viking, <laughs> on a breakaway. A very nice. It was a very nice goal, too. Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak, who that was his first goal in two years. Because he had a goal last season, but it was taken away from him because they determined that it was tipped in front of the net. Holy shit, Brett Kulak. <laughs> His last goal was scored in March of 2019. <laughs> Listen, you don't play Brett Kulak I to get points. I do not. <laughs> so congratulations, Kulak. congratulations, Kulak, on your first goal in two years. Um... Brett Kulak, we love you, man. Brett Kulak always looks like when they do like the player introductions at the beginning of the season. He always looks like you remember that the video of Boyd Petrie um, when he's talking about Suzuki the whole time, but he like looks into the camera and he like makes a pouty face. Yeah. That's what Brett Kulak looks like. It's like if Boyd Petrie making that face was an adult, that's Brett Kulak. Yeah, it is. It is. He always has like a pouty kid face on. He does. I love it. I love it. When he smiles, you never know if he's like plotting your murder or something. Yeah, it's fun. Like it's he's really. The, I bet you Brett mystery. Kulak. Bet you Brett Kulak would look even better with a mullet. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, he would. Absolutely not. Yeah, he would. No. Grow a mullet, dude. I fucking dare you. Don't. Um. I dare you. Good job, Brett Kulak. I always like Kulak. Yeah, Kulak's good people. I call him. Uh, he's very clutch. Like, when you need him, you know? Yeah. He also has, like, the quietest three-game point streak of anyone on this team. He got an assist on the Toronto game. He got a goal in the Flames game. And then he got another assist uh, in the Flames game last night. My biggest issue so that's fun. with the Habs is kind of summed up with Brett Kulak because Brett Kulak is so his consistency is so weird. Yeah. Like he's either going to be like 10 out of 10 or he's going to like be invisible the entire game. And that's like the same thing that has happened. Like that happens with the the Habs. It's like either they're dominating the Leafs or they're losing to the flames. And I don't fucking understand. It's yeah. That's been like the conversation lately is the Habs' biggest issue is inconsistency. Yeah, it's the biggest issue. It's like a different team every time. 
But it's not it's not a different team every time in the way that like the Sens are a different team every time. Because like the Ottawa Senators, they'll win or lose, but the way they play is different every time. But with the Habs, it's like you get you have two teams. One that dominates and is really good, and one that is flat and gets walked over. And it yeah. doesn't seem to like there's no like rhyme or reason between which team you're gonna get (laughs) the weirdest thing is that you can literally have the same lineup for two games playing against the same team same lineup same opponent two different halves it's weird it's so weird it's really weird because that's what like these last two games against calgary that's what it was the only difference was sharat returning into the lineup other than that, the lines were the the lines were the same, but one was a one was a bad loss and one was a good win. So I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't get it. I really just do not get it. And that's the thing that needs to be worked on. The consistency, I think, is the biggest thing. So we'll see what happens tonight. They're really hot and cold against Ottawa. I didn't think Ottawa was going to be like. This much of a problem? Yeah, our our issue this season. I I predicted like the Jets was gonna we were gonna be really back and forth with the Jets, which which we are. I didn't think Ottawa was gonna be that team. And I I didn't think really do not understand. And I didn't think the flames were gonna be our our (laughs) our killer this year. It's so weird. Like the Habs Achilles heel is always like a team that you would not expect it to be. Always. Last night, last night's uh, game was our second win of the season against the Flames. I, I don't get it. It was our first win against Markstrom. Because, like, in the early parts of the season when we were playing the Flames, right, it was very like, oh, this team was the better team. They just got goalied. By Markstrom. Yeah. And now they're not even the better team. They're just no. not playing hockey. The, the Flames were sellers at the deadline. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And that's the thing. It's like, you have to, they don't, like, their identity is lost. But where has the identity gone? Because it shouldn't have changed that much. No, it shouldn't have changed because nothing's changed with the team. I don't know what it is. I still wonder if they're, like, still mentally very fragile from that five-game win streak earlier in the season before Julianne was fired. Oh, the losing streak? Yeah. Did I say win streak? Yes. I meant losing streak. Um, God, Emily, would you they... know anything about hockey? No, I'm just an average hockey fan. Just a woman. <laughs> so no, I wonder, I, I wonder yeah. if it's still like, if their confidence is still very, very thin and shaky because they'll win and they'll dominate and they'll do well, but then they'll lose one and then they'll go on like a three game losing streak. I, just, I do not get it. They don't. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm not in the room. I don't know. Like, well, what goes on in that room? That's what I want to know because it seems like it's very disjointed. Well, they had that thing um, before their game against Toronto. There was a player only meeting, and then they came out and they were like electric, you know? So it seemed that whatever was said in that meeting worked right 
But then the next game, they come out of Calgary and they lose. But then, and then the next game, they come out against Calgary and they win. So it's like, what? what's the pattern here? I don't understand. I know. I said, literally, I said, can they just have a players only meeting before every game? Because apparently it works. That works. Yeah. For some reason. But like, why do they have to be jump started every game? I know. Why uh, do they have to be told what the stakes are? every game they should just know that yeah it they should need a, a reminder to be ready yeah you know this they, is, it's not like you know oh surprise game day no i mean no <laughs> <laughs> like they're professional hockey players they know they're gonna be playing hockey games you know it's coming yeah See, the thing is like i wouldn't mind losses if like they they put their their whole effort into it but there are games where they come out just looking really flat and they play really flat for no reason and it's like all game they don't even get a jump start from like somebody scoring a massive goal they don't even get a jump start in the intermissions like yeah and if they the whole game if they get it then it's like within the last like someone will score a goal on the last three minutes of the whole game and it's like okay that's great but where was it for the other 57 minutes that we were playing my favorite thing is when they come out looking really good and then one like bad zone entry and they're like, oh, nope, it's over. One ping yeah. off the bar and they're like, oh, that's it. We're losing the game. It's yeah. over. See, and this is what I mean. Like when I say I wonder if they're still really mentally fragile because it seems like the crumble at the, the smallest things that happen. Yeah, it's almost like they view the adversity as insurmountable right now. And I don't know why, because this team has been successful against the the same opponents all season. Yeah. You know, they're in a playoff spot. They've hold they've held on to that playoff spot. They were really strong at the beginning of the season. Um and they've had their flashes, you know, throughout the the rest of like showing how dominating this team is, but I just don't, I don't understand. Like, first of all, when they come up flat, but then if like one little thing goes wrong, then it's like the whole team crumbles. I don't understand that. Yeah. We have a a lot of the same, like five players showing up every night. And it's all the new guys. And then some of like our depth guys who like support their entire lines and now their game is like struggling. Yeah, you can just say lucky. <laughs> it's not even just lucky. It, <laughs> like, no, no, it's not even. It's like, you know, when Armia has a really good game, he shows up, but like his line doesn't show up. Or Armia's like, a weird case. Yeah, or like when like Evans is in the lineup and he's having a really good game, but he's got like new wingers or something for some reason. And then he shows up, but his wingers don't want to play hockey. Yeah. So they're like carrying a lot of load for their lines. And it's, it's, it's so weird to me because hockey is a team sport. It is a team sport. No. Uh, hockey is a team sport. And it requires a lot of effort from everybody, not just the same handful of players every yeah. single game. It's a weird phenomenon uh, that I don't quite understand. But my running theory is that their mental game is still... Uh, kind of broken I think there's an argument to be made the one that we see online so much right now that um, 
with with Galley out of the lineup, the heartbeat of the team is gone. Yeah, is gone. And I think there is an argument to be made about that because um, if you've ever played a team sport, if you've ever been part of a team of any kind, like you know that there is always like one person on that team who is the beating heart of the team, and yeah. without yeah. them the dynamic totally changes. Somebody has to make up that slack. And I mean, it's not like we have an overabundance of strong leaders in that locker room. Yeah. We only have a small handful of leaders and then the rest are, you know, young kids or like, you know, middle, middle like tier NHL vets who are like halfway out the door already. Right. Um, And age does not equal leadership ability. I mean, you can have a young leader. Galley's a young leader. But in in terms of his impact as a member of the leadership core of the team, I mean, there's a really strong argument to be made that um, if Galley's having an off stretch of games, then the team is struggling because Galley isn't, you know, performing well. So... Mm -hmm. We also don't have a lot of guys who will, like, do what he does in terms of getting in front of the net, in terms of, like, like getting in those dirty positions and, like, scoring those dirty goals. I'd say arguably the other player on the team who will do that is Perry, but Perry is older, so he's not going to be as aggressive as, as Galley is in the crease because he has to uh, take care of himself now, essentially, right? It's, and it's- with his reputation, he has to watch what he does because he'll get phantom calls for nothing. Uh, so with that, like, really aggressive net front presence missing, uh, this team, like, it, it is affecting the team because, like, no one else really fills that role. It seems a lot to me like um, it's not until Galley is injured that other people feel like they're even allowed to do it. It's almost like um, the coaching staff looks at them and says, that's where Gallagher goes. Everybody else do something different. Yeah. Um, Because they'll attempt to, and then never do it again in the game. (laughs) Somebody will get to like, will crash the net one time and then never do it again in the game because it's almost like they get get told told not to do it. Like, they're afraid to do it, even though you have players like Perry, even Lekkanen, who are really good in front of the net. It's just that they don't get to do it as often as they should to get into, like, that galley groove. Yeah. So it's it's a mystery. Yeah, I, I truly For do sure. not understand. But, uh, and I think the most frustrating thing out of the whole situation is that you know that they can be that team always. Yeah, because they've done it, cons- like, they did it consistently at the beginning of the of the season. Yeah. It's not like they're... it was a fluke, like, couple of games they were really good. No, it was, like, a whole, like, 10, 11 game stretch where they were consistently the dominant team. And then, um... Then they just know. weren't overnight. <laughs> I, honestly, like, every time I think about it it always goes back to that five game losing stretch like in the early midway of the season when they started to when they like dropped off 
when it and when then we when, all started noticing, hey, this is not the same team that came out of the gates. Yeah. And we started saying, like, hey, this is looking like a lot like the twice eight-game losing streak team last season. And the thing is, is that this team, yes, it doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, superstar talent. It doesn't have a lot of high-end scoring. But this team has shown that they are able to just steamroll other teams especially offensively and then they kind of shut down something happened that made them shut down basically overnight because it was literally from one game to the next game they just turned off and it was no longer like hey that's the Habs no who is this team it's not the same team that we saw literally two days ago yeah so that's I don't know I I don't I don't know how I feel about this team but I think I think the real test will be the playoffs because we keep getting told like this is a playoff team. This team is built for the playoffs. This team is going to go deep in the playoffs. This team has the edge in the playoffs. Like all the analysts say that they give Montreal the edge in the playoffs, the team playoffs, management playoffs, right? So if this truly is a playoff team, I want to see what happens in the playoffs. No, if this really is a playoff team, they'll show me that they're a playoff team in the playoffs. And I yeah. hate that um, we're having to go up against the Leafs. So, like, for right now, it looks like we're having to go up against the Leafs in the playoffs. I hate that. I, hate it so um, much. I would rather feel like the Oilers. I'd rather gouge my eyes out with a rusty spoon. <laughs> Gary, I hope. Listen, I've got a proposition for you to yeah. make the playoffs way more entertaining and it involves Legends of the Hidden Temple. So hit me up, my guy. <laughs> it's fun. There's Jeopardy. There's Jeopardy. Uh, maybe some, maybe, you know what? We'll throw in the prices, right? Yeah. We'll get Carrie Price to host it. It'll be the perfect It'll be meta. hilarious. <laughs> um, hit me up, Gary. Yeah. So I think the playoffs will be the real, the real tell. Well, it's going to have to be because they've managed to never fall out of a playoff spot all season. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that they probably should have. But they did. Yeah, they've managed to hold on to it all season. This season, they've literally never not been in a playoff spot. Yeah. So I hope. I mean, it would mean like losing to the Oilers, but I hope somehow the Oilers jump over the Leafs like right at the end of the season so then we can face the Oilers in the first round. Yeah, that would be I great. We don't would definitely face beat them. the Leafs I, first round honestly. The, like the last thing I literally, want. <laughs> I'll face them in you know, you know, I'll I'll look forward to them in the second round, but I just don't want to like No, I don't want to the be, first round, dude. I don't want to be the ones to let them get to the second round. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not it ain't it chief no it's not what i want out of i don't i don't i don't want to be the one like listen if we beat them it's like perfect wonderful couldn't have written a better story if we lose to them we are never living it down and not just by Leafs fans by like fans all across the league <laughs> yeah the good we will news not be is, living that one down the good news is that senators Flames and Canucks fans will be Habs fans for the first round if it's against the Leafs. 
That's true. That's the good news. It's maybe the only good news to come out of it. I know. The good news is that um, the Laval Rocket are not disappointing. Yes. <laughs> like at all. Like at all. Shall we jump we on talk- to our, our rocket here? We can talk about the rocket. Let's talk about the rocket. Um, nothing special has happened to the rocket at all other no. than the COVID postponement. I mean, nothing zero exciting things have happened. No. Um, no, they've just been, you know, playing hockey. They've made no roster additions. Um, same old, same old. Yeah, same team. There's uh, no new players whatsoever on the <laughs> Laval Rocket. Um, um, just kidding. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Cole Caulfield was assigned to the Laval Rocket after signing his entry-level contract, and he won the Hobie Baker during his first game, then proceeded to have a three-point night. Cole Caulfield. And I love him. I adore him. He's currently on the taxi squad, and he made the trip um, at West with um, Montreal, but that's mostly to train because the Rocket, like I said, have been postponed um, yes. Because of COVID because of the Toronto Marlies. Um. So it was said by I can't remember who that he will only miss one game. Uh, since he's with them, uh, on on the little road trip stint. Uh, so that won't be like. Yeah. And everybody's like now plotting the demise of uh, other players on the team so that <laughs> Caulfield that. can get in the lineup. And I'm over here like just, what if he just plays top line minutes in Laval. Yeah. What if he just what if he just developed in Laval uh instead of like throwing him into the NHL? What if we just let him continue to dominate in the AHL and keep scoring two goals a game and learn how to take hits from Richard Clune, the motherfucking asshole, for no then, fucking reason. And then he comes to the NHL and he's stronger and better for it. What if we just did that? Yeah, what if we just built his confidence to, like, the nth degree and then put him in the NHL? What if we learned from when Sly was in charge of player development and we don't rush Caulfield's development? What if we do that? What if we, what what if we, we do that? What if we need to do that? <laughs> Dean and I seem to be the only people on this hill, but we will die here. Um, well, it's so comfy here. We've got um, air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got snacks. Um, we've got reasonable expectations. We've got like we've got calmness and serenity on this hill. We've got comfy chairs. Yeah, we built a yurt in. on this hill, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very comfy hill. I highly recommend checking it out and yeah. enjoying it with us. Very lights. So we've got like all the like, streaming services. Yeah, we watch Flash every day on this hill. Yep, and Arrow. And Arrow. Maybe Legends of Tomorrow because we like snark. And maybe the IT crowd. Definitely the IT crowd. Definitely the IT crowd. Um, scrubs. And scrubs. <laughs> we watch a lot of TV on this hill. It's a very, very fun hill. Mm-hmm. Join us. Please. Um, but yeah, Laval still... Um, still dominating. Yeah, obviously they haven't been able to play. So, you know, their teams are like catching up to them and like the standings and everything. But like... Come on. I mean, it's not their fault that they weren't able to play. Also, also there's, there's, there's no, no playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the Rocket are still at the top of the Canadian division. They had such a big, like, 
cushion there. I mean, yeah, nobody was catching them in the Canadian division. Um, Fun fact, they apparently are also on the top of the league Uh, now. So best team in the AHL are the Laval Rocket. It seems to be like the Montreal as a franchise, uh, even when they're not playing, they stay in the in the playoff spots. <laughs> I mean, I it like has I a lot you. to do. It has a lot to do with the Rocket having had such a massive cushion yeah. against the other four teams in the division. Yeah. Um. So yeah, because they did have. I mean, they've got forty points. The next team has like twenty nine points or something like that. It's. <laughs> 24 points the moose have 24 points and they're the second team in the division like it's not even close the rocket are just that good this season exactly and again like same thing as the Habs. it's not even that they have such high-end like scoring talent i mean now they do but like when they racked up all those points it's not like they had cole caulfield on the team it's not like they have because kale flurry is out and leskinen keeps getting called up and down yeah it's not like they have like they're very best like shut down defensemen um you know vedemo has been out and so has ulanen like so their weapons have been out and it's oh. been that they've been so well coached and that the team is built well and they're just confident in themselves they really feel like they can win every game they go into and yeah, it's with true. very few exceptions it's they do like- it it's not like Cole came in and, like, saved the team. They were already on this, like, huge win streak, right? Yeah, and that's they, the narrative I don't like, is that Cole Caulfield is, like, the best thing to happen to the Rocket. No, bitch, the Rocket are the best thing that have happened to Cole Caulfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cole Caulfield was literally... In a while. Cole Caulfield is finally on a team where he that he does not have to carry himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Rocket... They have defensive support. Like, yeah, they go in with the mindset to win games. They're going to win games. Or at least they're going to push really, really hard to win those games. Sometimes they stumble. Sometimes, you know, the effort level just doesn't crank out a win. But, like, for the most part, nine times out of ten, they go in believing they can win and they come out with it. Exactly. I mean, they're just that well coached. They're that well built. They're that confident in themselves. Cole Caulfield is not the best thing to happen to the Rocket. The Rocket are literally the best thing that could happen to him right now. And then with yeah. him not playing, him getting to train with Montreal, get to know some of those guys when he gets called up permanently. Mm-hmm. Get like that chemistry kind of pre-established before he can come in. Obviously, like the it's not gonna really build until he plays like games with them. But if he gets the the familiarity between the players and, like, between individual play styles of, like, his possible future line mates and, like, his defensive uh, pairings that he'll be playing with and stuff, like, it'll be easier to bridge that gap when he finally gets to play in the NHL with them. Which should not be right now. No. The, this team has no confidence. It's going to wreck his confidence. I don't care yeah. that he's like a super good goal scorer in the NCAA. The team isn't playing with confidence. And that's the reason that he can score two goals a night. But he's played like two games with the Rocket. Yeah. I haven't been able to watch either one of them. But he's scored at a really consistent pace from those two games. It's four goals in like two games, right? Something like that. Four points. I think so, he had... Two goals, 
and an assist in, the, in his first game and then a goal in his second. Yeah, so something like that. But it's like, I mean, he's only able to do that because the Rocket are a confident team. Exactly. He's only able to do that because he comes in and he knows that the team playing around him is going to be, like, knocking it out of the park every time. So maybe don't rip him out of that and put him into a team that's, I mean, struggling. struggling right now. Yeah, exactly. So. Also, like, Cole joining the Habs isn't going to make the team go, like, 14-0 to, to the, for the rest of the season. He's not going to save the Habs. No, he's not. He's, he's a baby. He's a rookie. Uh, and, like, every... Every player, like when they talk about the the jump from juniors to the NHL, they always mention how so much harder it is to score on NHL goalies, right? And it's not like the goal these NHL goalies that he's scoring on are rookies either. Like these are veteran goal. Connor Hellebuck is literally like the reigning Vesna winner is in the North Division. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like it it's it it's not going to be as as easy as he, as he thinks as you think. I mean, I'm sure he's well aware that it's not going to be uh easy at the at the top level, but like I just want fans to like kind of obviously be excited but like be a little realistic with your excitement. But also, he does not have experience in professional situations. Yeah. He just came from college. And yes, he's playing with men, technically, in college. Yes, he's playing with men, technically, in college. But in the AHL, even, you get pros, like veterans, like pro veterans, yeah. okay, who have a lot of experience playing professional hockey. So... Like, the thing is, he does not have this, like, the, the experience with certain situations that you only find in the pros. So, he needs to build that confidence and be put in every situation possible. And I'd rather him do it in the AHL, where he's going to have a really good coach that can really use it as a teachable moment, rather than a coach whose job is not to, de- not to develop players, whose job is to win hockey games. Exactly. That is the main difference between Joel Bouchard and why he's so successful with his team and why the Habs have not been able to find a successful coach because they have young players on the Habs and an NHL coach's job is not to develop those players and teach them what they are doing wrong. An NHL coach's job is to win hockey games. Yeah. It's to put the team together and put a formula and a strategy together to make the team win. They're not focused on, like, I mean, they they can if they want to, but that's not their main goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not, because the AHL, and I will say it again and again and over and over, is a development league. That is where you should be developing your almost NHL-ready prospects. They're called farm teams for a reason. Okay, the AHL is not, I mean, it's, yes, it's a, a gap bridge but it once they get to the nhl and they're there permanently not like okay we'll put them in for a little while and then if we have to send them back down for like for for more 
honing of their skill. Once they're in the NHL permanently, they're at that point, they're not going to be developed very much further. No. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not like the AHL is like, it's not like they're the KHL. It's not like they're a European league. It's they're direct affiliates with the NHL and NHL teams. That is their the purpose of their existence, right? So there's nothing wrong with develop. Even if he's a fantastic goal scorer, there's there's nothing wrong with letting him develop even more. I see a lot of people saying like, oh, the Habs are keeping their best goal scorer out of the line. How do you know that? He's never played an NHL game before. Yeah, how do you know he's their best goal scorer? He's never scored, scored a goal for the Habs. He's never scored one for the Habs. He's scored no. like three for the Rocket, but he's never scored one for the Habs. No, no. <laughs> not one. Yeah, I know. I know he scored. I know he scored like thirty goals in the in the NCAA, but that's the NCAA. They're all like eighteen year olds. There. Yeah. Like. Okay. But they're not keeping him out of the lineup. He's not in. He's not on their roster. He's yeah. on the Laval roster. He's, he's on the Laval roster. On the taxi squad, but he's still on the Laval roster. Yeah. He's not called up yet. So they're not keeping him out of the lineup. He's just not on the roster. And they don't have the cap space to put him on the roster. And they only have one more call-up left. Yeah. This season, my, so they're going to save it. Well, or they're just not going to rush here, it. My biggest issue here is everybody just wants him in the lineup. But I'm such a big proponent of every single prospect spending some time in the AHL. I was very yeah. big on Romanov. I was very big on Romanov spending time in the AHL. Me too. I wanted Romanov to start in the AHL. I would have liked Suzuki to start in the AHL. Me too. I, we literally just had a conversation about how I would not have given Jesperi Kotkaniemi a roster spot out of training camp his rookie year. I would have sent him back to Asat and then brought him to camp the next year and then still sent him to the AHL for a year. Yes. Because you can you literally cannot undervalue like really and the, it's not like they're super far away from each other. They're literally within the same organization. Yeah. They talk to each other all the time. The, they can monitor his development. They can uh, evaluate his development. From right there, literally from right there. I'm pretty sure it's like a 20 minute drive or something. Of the, <laughs> of the Bell Sports Complex and see. Plas Bell. Plas Bell. <laughs> like, you can use smoke signals to communicate. <laughs> the green smoke means Kotkaniemi's coming along well. The red smoke means don't call him up. Okay? Like, literally, it's, it's what? It's like a 20 minute drive away. It's something like that. I mean, it, they're not very far. I mean, Laval's literally just in the suburbs. Like, yeah, it's across the bridge. <laughs> so, like, I but I feel like there you can't undervalue, especially when you've got a coach like Bouchard. You can't undervalue sending your players to him. Yeah, and I feel I like there's people, nothing wrong with that. People are just so eager for Caulfield because we haven't had really good, solid prospects who have shown us no reason to think that they might not pan out and then go hit the HL for a couple of games, just be fantastic. But he, he still has so much to learn. Yeah. When I ask people, cause I was working, I've been working for every Caulfield game. I have literally not been able to see him play a single hockey game 
okay, when I asked people, hey, give me an honest evaluation of Caulfield, looks good, has a lot to learn. You don't want him having to learn a lot on the fourth line of a struggling NHL team. No, no, no. I want him to learn to have learned everything that he can uh, that excludes like literally just things you can only learn playing in the NHL. Yeah. Does that, did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but think about like right now um, in the Canadian division of the AHL, they, the Habs have, ha- have struggled with one goal, not the Habs, the Rocket have struggled with one goaltender in particular, Mikhail Burdine mm-hmm. on the Manitoba Moose. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's about as close to an NHL ready goalie prospect as the, the Canadian division has right now. I want Caulfield to go up against players like him, goalies like yeah. him, to have to learn to figure out how to score on this goalie. Yeah. Like let him let him learn um on a like opposing fantastic prospect before he goes to try and score on Connor Hellebuck and Jacob Markstrom and brain holy you know like i get it letting him score on carrie price and jake allen in practice is well and good but it's also practice and and you have to understand in game time like just you're not making game time decisions like yeah you're not making like in-game shots and having you know so many things go against you to create these chances and you have to understand that carrie price and jake allen are also probably letting him score Right. They're probably like, this is fun. Look at this little guy. Look at the little guy scoring on us. This is fun. Good for you. Jake Allen literally said in a scrum, he's like, oh, how do you help the team like build confidence? He's like, oh, I let them score on me in practice. Let them score on you in practice. So, yeah, it's all well and good to score on Carrie and Jake, but Carrie and Jake are just still having fun in practice. Yes, they're doing their drills, but after that, when they're cooling down, they're just having fun. Yeah. They're crab walking for no reason. They're, they're pulling Zoidberg. They're pulling their jerseys over their masks and yeah, on, like, you know. Because there's not much you can do. No. Because again, the NHL, once you get there and you're a regular NHL player, your development is gonna stop. Yeah. And we see players who developed a little bit in the NHL because they played their first pro season in North America in the NHL. But they've kind they kind of plateau. I think players Alexis, that could have benefited from spending a lot of time in the AHL, but started playing in the NHL, have kind of plateaued. I think Alexei Lafreniere is a really good example. He's a really good example of that. Keandre Miller too. Yes, is a really good example. The Rangers super mismanage player development. They absolutely should have let them develop. Lafreniere their... and Miller are two really good examples of players who should have played in the AHL first. Yes, because they start. Yeah, sure, they were NHL ready, maybe, but they don't know what they don't know, and they don't know about professional hockey. I'm just saying, there's no need to rush, unless it's like, uh. Connor McDavid or like Sidney Crod, they're, they're freaks of nature, right? But even then, you could have put them in the could AHL, let them the develop, AHL. let them develop. There's nothing wrong with developing. I think is, uh, I, I, like, it, 
it feels like people kind of look down on developing when players are drafted at a certain spot and higher. Yes, if you were a first-round draft pick, you are apparently not allowed to develop. Yeah, it seems like first to, like, 20th, you have to be NHL-ready and you have to play in the NHL first season or else you're a bust. And it's like, no, 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 let them develop. Let them let them get, like, the bridge gap that is the AHL just so they can have that extra little, you know, that extra little seasoning. Well, judge. Well, judge. Put some, put some garnish work, on that. Work on your presentation a little bit. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay ain't gonna eat your shit if it doesn't have a good presentation. Fix the plate. Keep it in, keep it in the the oven for an extra. Wipe off the sides of the plate before you give it to the judges. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle on that, that parsley and, and that that chopped bacon. You know. Don't forget to finish it with finishing salt. Yeah. Can't forget the finishing salt, man. It ties the whole thing together. Oh. Did you put did you put a balsamic reduction on on your on your plate? Take it off. These <laughs> <laughs> things you have to do in the AHL, like no like reduction habits, here. Full body that you have as like a college player. The AHL is a really good place to break them. Because the thing about playing in college is that you're playing with a lot of people who will never play professional hockey never after college. Never play professional hockey. And if they do, is it's SPHL, it's ECHL, it's yeah. maybe AHL. Yeah. You're not playing with people that you will be, for the most part, you're not playing with people. Wisconsin's a whole different story, and so is Boston University. But, yeah. like, you're not playing with people who are being drafted high. And those goalies that they're scoring on are most likely not going to go on to be professional goalies either. Yeah. And those defensemen that they're deacon out of their jock straps are probably not going to go on to be NHL defensemen, not most of them. Yeah. So it's like, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of putting everybody in the AHL, even for, even just for the first 15 games of the season. I don't think you need to have rookies on your team every season. I don't think you need to have super young players on your team every season. Well, here's Not the thing. until they're ready, because what's the point of having a rookie on your team if they are just going to keep making mistakes and not learning how, like learning from those mistakes? Because again, the NHL coach is not for development. The NHL coach is to win is there to win games. That's true. And it doesn't matter how old you are, like whatever your first season is, you will be a rookie. No matter how old you are. Look at um, Kirill on The Wild. He's a really good example. He's older than most rookies this season, and he's killing it because he's been developing for like three years. <laughs> and your goalies are going to take longer, too. Oh, so, way yeah, longer. we want to trade our goalies because, or we want to trade Price because Price is, you know, having, uh, he's falling off. Yeah, he's getting older. He's dealing with injuries all the time. He's getting bit in the ass by injuries. He's got no defensive support. There's a lot of reasons why Carey Price isn't performing. But Caden Primo is not ready. No. What are you going to go get another goalie just so Caden Primo is you know gets more development time that's cool but now your team has to adjust to a whole new goalie so now that hurts your team because they're so used to price and how price plays hockey the coaching staff is so used to the way price plays hockey that now everything has to change to revolve around a new starter jake allen is not your starter 
No, he's not a starter. Jake Allen is a backup. He's a fantastic backup, but historically he does not perform well as a starter. And good goalies are not easy to come by. All right, you get a good you goalie, pay you lock them up. For goalies now. Yeah. It's it's an expensive position in the National Hockey League. It is. Because they're a hot commodity, right? Good goalies aren't easy to find. Okay, we were lucky that we were able to sign Jake Allen, who his style of hockey is very similar to Price, like very positionally sound, not not like a flashy or like an erratic goalie or anything like that. But they're, they're not easy to come by. So when people are like, oh, well, just trade price. First of all, you can't because that monster contract, no one wants it. But second of all, like, who's going to replace him? It's not going to be Primo, I can tell you that. Yeah. It's not going to be Jake Allen. Because to convince anybody to come to Montreal, you've got to pay them a lot of money to do it. Exactly. Like as a, like as a free agent. So what, now you're going to trade more for a goalie. It's not like teams other than the New York Rangers have goalies to spare. <laughs> But where where is there a good like Carey Price level goalie on the free agency market or or that a team is willing to trade? Yeah. Well, that's my point. Is it even if you're trading for for a goalie, they're gonna cost a lot of money. Yeah. They're gonna cost like so yeah, you can let's say you can get a goalie right but you're going to pay for that contract plus you're going to be giving up picks player like roster players prospects to trade for a really good starter yeah it's one thing to trade for a backup it's a whole other thing to trade for a starter yeah you almost have to like if you want to get a new starter on your team it almost has to be your prospect that you develop and those prospects will take a while. Goalies yeah. take the longest to develop. Like it's yeah. And truly, there's there's no up in the KHL. Goalies take a long time. There's no rush right now. I don't think. Honestly. Honestly, like shore up the 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 defensive core, and our goalie should be fine. Yeah. Literally, goalies need defense. Yeah. I mean, they can't like. It's not their job to win games. No. I'm sorry. Like, it's not their job to win games. It's not. No. They can't score goals. And here's the thing. Like, I, I said this a few episodes ago, but a goalie shout out isn't like a singular effort by the goalie. Right. It's also because the team in front of them did a good job defending. Like they gave them the defensive assist to be able to achieve a shutout. Yep. But. Right. But what do we know? <laughs> what do we know? We're just women. Yeah. We're just your a- an average hockey fan. We're just average hockey fans. That's <laughs> it. That's all we are. That's it. Anyway. Yeah, that's my piece on the AHL. <laughs> Cole has been doing great for the two games that he was able to play before the uh, postponement. Okay. Uh, he will come. It's not like he's never coming. He will come. Just not yet. And I don't think there's a rush. Nope. But Laval never lets us down. <laughs> Laval never lets us down. So I don't think... they do, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, I got a question for you. I might have an answer for you. Kind of a difficult one. And I've had a few days to think about my answer and I still don't have one. So, um, Emily, 
Yeah. Who would play you in a movie? <sighs> I'm not sure. Age-wise, I don't know. But um, for those of you who don't know, I went to college for acting. So some of my actor friends have told me that, like, they think they or they see me as a mix of, like, Nicole Kidman and Amy Adams. I don't know. I don't know where they see it. I can see it. I, I think it's the nose. It's a lot of things. I think. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I was, like, their age... <laughs> than them but like proper age-wise someone who's like 20 years old I don't know well I mean maybe um like any point in time in your life so let's say it's like a like a biopic right let's say you know you're like it's a future movie about your life I mean at any point in time so they could play you like them yeah so them or like maybe like Lily Reinhardt I think might be a good option if you like gave her more hair and like curled it and here's the thing is that they don't have to actually look like you. They just have That's to be able to embody your energy. Yeah, I think, I guess, okay, Lily Reinhardt, I think might be, or the girl who played, uh, I forgot her name, but the girl who played uh, Clark on The 100. I've never seen that show. I think, I think one of those two. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> like I said, I've had time to think about this, but I yeah. have no idea. When I was younger um, and they were totally wrong, like looking back at pictures of myself <laughs> when I was younger people yeah. said that I looked like um Dakota Fanning which I did not I do not currently then they would say that I looked like young Hayden Panettiere interesting which was literally only because of my curly hair yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten like I, I don't know I do not know who played me in a movie I think I would go um only sort of looks like me to pick somebody to play me in a movie honestly I have no idea but mm. probably if I had to pick somebody to play me in a movie I would pick the see I, I wouldn't even know like because my energy is so like if it's a movie about me that movie's gonna be like pure chaos yeah like I don't know maybe the girl who plays the the princess in um Kingsman oh yeah maybe her what about um like what about Isla Fisher if they like dyed her hair blonde like gave her a blonde curly wig because she's she has like chaotic energy yeah but Isla Fisher looks too much more like I don't know not like me at all like you still have to have kind of like a similar right kind of like idea of who that person is and Isla just doesn't have like like Isla Fisher's too girl next door for me Right, okay. Then I don't think Lily Reinhardt should be my pick then. I think it would yeah. be like Nicole Kidman, uh, Amy Adams, which yeah. like it sounds so conceited when I, <laughs> when I say that, but like it's just difficult because like who do I look like? I don't think I look like anybody. Maybe like You look like me though. I know we look similar. <laughs> Emily would play me in a movie. I yeah, yes. <laughs> That's the answer. I become an actress and I play D. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I am, like, very laid back, but I can tap into chaos when I need to. <laughs> Maybe, like, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston could play me in a movie. Yeah, that's fun. She'd be pretty good at it. Yeah, she's chaotic. Yeah, she's super chaotic. All right, so em- uh, Emily or Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> you know, if we can't book in Emily, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's my backup. It's a backup, yeah. She's the... <laughs> uh, oh, man. 
it, in fairness, it's probably going to be like a Hallmark movie, like Lifetime biopic. Those movies about are me. iconic, though. I don't know what you're Yeah. About. And, you know, they don't care about the casting. So, like, the right. young version of the character looks so different from the old version. You're like, that's not the same person. Yeah. So, in fairness, it's possible. So, it's me. It's Emily. Yeah. I'm going to play me. <laughs> I, I will play D in a movie. <laughs> You know what, fuck it. I was in theater in high school. I'll play a movie. Play in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we play our own damn selves in our movies. <laughs> no one will get it better than us. <laughs> Emily and Diaz themselves. <laughs> Top billing. Yeah. Emily and D, the movie starring Emily and D. Perfect. Produced, written, and directed by Emily and D. <laughs> D. Yes. What do you call an alligator in a vest? Very good at fashion. An investigator. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the less you laugh, the funnier it is. <laughs> and the more like immediate your rejection of it, the funnier it is. <laughs> wow. To whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office Suite, I will find you. You have my word. I excel excel at that joke. (laughs) I used them to make a PowerPoint. Yes. You have my word. And on that that keynote. (laughs) That's Apple. (laughs) Close enough. Uh, this podcast is really one note, am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I hate us. Me too. Uh, <laughs> so, what yeah. you looking forward to next week? That's a good question. Possibly getting my hair done again. Oh, yeah, go a little bit lighter. That's nice. You? Uh, I wonder if I'll, like, get a shift at my job. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I currently got two weeks without working a single shift. That's what that's what Ontario is at right now. Um, Habs related, um, just, I just want them to find themselves again. But waiting for them to find themselves is like waiting for rain in this drought. Useless, Useless and disappointing. disappointing. <laughs> but I'll keep doing it because I love them so much. Yeah. You don't? But do they love us is my only question. Yeah, it's like a, it's a bad relationship. They don't love us, but we love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> now sure they love us. That's not fair to say. Like if the Habs um, are Austin Ames, we are Sam's stepsisters. Yes. <laughs> Chasing <laughs> after them. And running our own cars through so much mud just to get him to wash it. Exactly. Like. Which he does so because he has to. (laughs) Alright, well. Any words of wisdom? Just remember, get those pucks on net. And our cherry like ninja right into the trade deadline. And they still have so I'm vibing! (laughs) Okay, Okay, bye. bye!